2: Uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, just celebrated her Platinum Jubilee, her 70th year of rule uh, that started in 1952. That makes her the longest active reigning monarch in British history. Uh, She was declared queen uh, in 1952, but it took another year for her coronation. To take place. She was already declared queen, but the formal enthronement and the formal placement of that crown uh, had to happen another year. And I caught some old footage of what it took to prepare her for that day of her coronation in 1953 uh, the amount of preparation the meticulous attention to detail uh, how the the whole thing was planned was nothing short of astounding uh, from planning the logistics of the event for assigning people to do the task those who will be participating uh, all the way to uh, how the ceremony will be conducted all the way to what everyone's going to wear and what everyone's going to say and how everyone's going to behave these were all meticulously planned for one purpose to show the world that the queen is about to be crowned. It was done with impeccable attention to detail that can truly be uh, stated that it lived up to the term regal. But the crowning moment of all of these Preparation was the crowning itself. As that tiara was placed upon her head, it's being declared that she is now officially the queen of her nation. Her entitlement or enthronement was complete. The Bible speaks of a day when we, as God's children, through our faith in Jesus Christ, will also receive a crown. It's called the crown of life. That will happen one day when we enter the presence of God's glory. That's the time when we will receive our eternal reward. Now, that's a big piece of Christian life. It should never escape anybody's attention that the fact that there is a day coming when we will all receive the crown of life. It's the crowning glory or the completion of our faithfulness here on earth. That's when God ratifies and declares us complete. That's when God declares our Fidelity and faithfulness to him throughout our lives. That's the moment when we will hear God say, well done, and declare us perfect. Our journey is complete, but it will not happen here. It will happen in heaven one day. Until that day of our coronation, until that day when our journey is complete, until that day when we are been declared perfect, we will continually be in that process of being made perfect or being made complete. will not be achieved here. It will happen one day. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit is at work in every one of children to ensure that that process of completion is being carried out for that day. In other words, the rest of our lives when we place our faith in Jesus, the rest of our lives in Christ is nothing short of a preparation for that eternal crowning day when we all appear before him. The concept of perfection in the Christian Uh, worldview is so much different from obviously from the world's view of it. When we speak of perfection we we're, we're talking about 100% perfection from the point of view of the world. But to a Christian, this term perfection or completion is an ongoing process. This is what you and I are going through right now. And that ultimate day of perfection like I said will come later on. Jesus said, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." And I always had trouble understanding that because I was thinking from the point of view of the world. When you think of perfection from the point of view of the world, you're going to have to impose upon yourselves 100% perfection, but it's just not going to happen. We live in a fallen world and we're fallen people and the Holy Spirit understands that. That's why the moment we came to faith in Jesus, that process begins. We also call it sanctification, but I want to get fancy this morning and I want to call it perfection okay? It's a process. It's an ongoing thing. Uh, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What is he talking about? He's talking about being complete. He's talking about being a person of integrity. When we speak of completion, the Bible, uh, the word for completion in the Bible is the word integrity. And what is integrity? Integrity is being whole. You know, when somebody tells you, uh, you have to integrate all of these things together. Integration means you're taking all of these pieces and making it whole. So that's kind of the concept uh, the Scripture wants us to uh, to understand. Being complete, being perfect, is a process of being made whole, being integrated. Everyone in this room, if you you are a follower of Jesus. You are somewhere in that process. You already complete in Christ. You are saved. You are delivered. Whatever you want to call it. You are a child of God. You belong to the kingdom. But you're still being made perfect. And I'm still being made perfect. And now, will happen one day. The completion of that will be in heaven. So think about this as being put together right now. You know, we're, being, we're being, being conformed, you know, where the Spirit of God is taking all the pieces of our lives and using it for the glory of God. You know, taking all the bad things and the good things, the wonderful things and the not-so-wonderful things, and He's using all of that in the process of perfecting us, completing the work that He has started. You know, Paul says, He who had begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And Ephesians is about understanding that position that we have in Christ. The position of being made perfect. We already know that we in Christ that we are saved. We already know that we are blessed. We already know that we have been given peace. We already know that we have been made righteous. There's another aspect of being in Christ and that we're we're being completed we are being made complete in Him. It's an ongoing process and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. That perfection process will ultimately lead to one day us receiving our crown. That's our coronation day. There will be a coronation day in heaven. And if you have a big head, you're not going to receive a crown. So this is for people who will humble themselves and allow the spirit to mold us, right? How many of you know it takes humility to be a Christian? It does. And uh, don't get a big head or there will be no crown big enough to put in your head. Okay, pastor, so What? how does it have what does it have to do what is this completion or being perfected a process what does it have to do with my life right, right now in practical terms well it has everything to do with everything in our life when we know that we are being made complete we will have a grip a solid grip on how impermanent things are here on earth That's important, you know. And I know I say, I talk much about that. The the brevity of life, the impermanence of things. If you and I know that we are being made perfect, our perspective in life will change. It will change. Because you know that nothing that happens in this world is permanent. The only thing that's going to be permanent is God in glory receiving His... And making them perfect and they will have eternal fellowship with Him. That's the goal of the entirety of the Christian life. So whatever happens here, whether, you know, we, we go through tragedies, we, we go through problems or significant triumphs and victories in life, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, those things are good, some of those things are bad, but they're meaningless because what happens above the sun is much better than what's happening under the sun. That's, that's the way we need to think as Christians. It drastically changes our demeanor, our behavior right here on earth. If we know that we are being perfected, we are being made complete, it changes our despair to a sense of hope. It, gi- it changes our sorrows into joy. It changes our futility to fruitfulness, our fear to courage, knowing that We in Christ are being molded to have a perspective of eternity. And the text that we have in Ephesians paints for us a a, a nice picture of how this takes place in our life. Okay, so I got four points for you this morning. Don't be scared of the four points. I'm going to go with them very quickly. Take notes if you want. Okay, we're here to to look at the Word of God. Um, And if we learn something, uh, we're, we're, we're... Encouraged to remember what we've learned. So that's why we print these things. And uh, I know some people don't like, you know, printed things. They just want to listen. You know, uh, there's something to be said about having, you know, notes. You can go back to this and say, ah, pastor's full of it. Or you can say, well, maybe there's something about what he's saying this morning, okay? So four things this morning. First of all, this process of perfection, of being perfected, of being made complete, begins when we are transformed and transitioned in our thinking, okay? I, I, that's very important. Those, those, that point is very important. You know, oftentimes, when we talk about being Christians, we, we only speak about being transformed in our hearts and minds, in our thinking, Right? But there's something else, and I alluded to this in last Sunday's sermon. There's something that takes place once the Holy Spirit begins to direct our lives. And that is we're not just being transformed, we're also being transitioned. Now, again, let me explain. The transformation in our thinking, the transformation in our hearts and minds, is for the purpose of glorifying God while we are here on earth. While we are here on earth, we are called... To advance and project and reflect glory of God. And that will only happen when there is a transformation in our inner being. Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you will know and test how good God is. You know, there's a, there's a lot of credibility involved when we start singing these songs that we sing on Sunday mornings. You know? We need to bring some credibility to those things because those things are not just lyrics to wonderful songs. They are a reality in us. How good it is to give thanks unto the Lord. How good it is to give thanks unto our God. For He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. That You know, when there's credibility, there is transformation in the inner being. So look at the verse again in verse 17. Paul was speaking to former non-believers um, uh, who are um, dealing with a whole bunch of, you know, sin. He says, So I tell you this and insist on this in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have gotten themselves, they have given themselves rather over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way Of life, you've learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So, there's a transformation that went on the moment they heard the gospel. A change. The process of perfection begins. It takes place the moment we recognize our lostness. How can we be transformed when we haven't recognized that without Christ we're lost? And that's the message that we preach to people all over the world. We don't discriminate against anybody. We are equal opportunity proclaimers of this gospel because all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. But we must bring ourselves to fundamentally recognize that we're lost. And if we haven't gone to that place, okay, there can't be any transformation. We cannot be transitioned in our thinking as well. We cannot be transformed. So we have this word in in Christianity Called pentir in Latin, it's called repentance. Where we change the way we think. That's all repentance, uh, what repentance means. Now don't be scared of that word. Repentance is a good word. It means that we are recognizing something, and the moment we recognize that something, in this case, lostness, we then begin to be transformed in our thinking. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is this is not hearing a bunch of new rules like religious people, you know, feed us, you know. This is this has nothing to do with that. Repentance and and recognizing our lostness has nothing to do with being enlightened about a set of things that we're not supposed to do and therefore if we just follow these rules that we you know we are now on our way to a better life that that's not what repentance means repentance is the work of the holy spirit it comes when the spirit of god begins to convict us on the reality that we have served ourselves rather than serving god that we have, we have indulged in the things of our own sinful nature rather than pleasing god in our lives. So that, that's that's fundamentally we, we need to we need to separate this religious understanding versus what truly what it truly means to repent and recognize that without the work of Christ on the cross, without the, the compelling power and the unction of the Spirit of God, I will remain lost. So I need to repent. There's something that I need to do. I need to turn away. This is this is not about Christianity is not about rules and, and regulation. It's about a fundamental change of heart and mind by the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And this conviction, like I said, does two things. It transforms our hearts and minds and our thinking. It trans- it's also transitions our hearts and minds. Okay, again, transformation happens so that we can give glory to God here on earth and advance that glory. Transitioning our heart means he puts our attention, our focus in heaven. Okay, that's, that's part of being a Christian. You're being transformed for the glory of God and being transitioned in your thinking so you don't give too much credit on this world because this world is not your home anymore. Your home is in heaven. Your home is enjoyment with God forever. So this is the work of the Spirit of God. Okay? And um, that conviction, that, the two things that that conviction does is it gives us a new heart that transforms us. Gives glory to God. But it also brings that transitional thinking into earthly things towards heavenly things. Now, Why is that important? Because... Uh, in my, life, in my own life as a Christian, you know, I've always felt that, um, you know, doing the good things that I do um, counts for eternity, and it does. But it's really disingenuous. I'm just sharing to you my own feeling, you know. As a young Christian, you know, I've always been taught, ah, if you be a good boy, you know, when you die, you go to heaven, that kind of thing. You know, a lot of things change since then. Because one thing I found out, Being raised inside the church, and I know, I hope you find out too, you cannot change yourself. You cannot make yourself holy. You cannot transform your own heart. This has to be done by the Spirit of God. And that's what makes it legitimate. So doing the good things like like we are taught in our churches, in our religious institutions, to do this, do this, and do that, I mean, they're great advices, but without that power of the Spirit to really transform and transition the heart. The good deeds that we do, it matters little. That's why he says, you know, all the things that I have done good, consider them dung. Compared to the knowledge of knowing Jesus. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about a divine supernatural transformation that the Spirit of God brings to everyone who decides to repent. That's how you know your repentance is real. There is that change in the inside. And the good deeds that we do now qualifies us to give glory to God. Did you know that not, not, not every good deed that we do is qualified by God? It has to be qualified by God. God has parameters. We, we, we can't do good things just because we know they're good, just because we think they're good, just because everybody says they're good. This has to be ratified by the Spirit of God. Let me give you a text in uh, James chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. I want you to pay attention to to this word this morning. James writes, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. What do you think that means? It means only one thing. You can do a lot of good things, and you can brag about how religious you are, but if there's no transformation and transition in the heart, the, word, the religion is worthless. Okay? Then he continues, 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Okay, you, know, if you, you need to underline that this morning. It seems to suggest that God is looking for acceptable types of religion or, or good deeds. One that is pure and faultless. So if we are religious, but we have not been transformed in our hearts and transitioned in our focus by the Spirit, our religion, our good deeds do not Qualify in the sight of God. Acceptable religiosity is not just about doing good things to others. It's about doing the right things because you had been transformed by the Spirit of God through the, word, through the Word of Christ. The moment you and I believe and take the steps to change in our direction, in the direction of the Lord. The Lord will transform us and transition us and And, and that 's why it 's so important uh, to be transformed in the heart when we, when we do these things that we do, because it 's what glorifies God, what glorifies God are good deeds born out of a transformed and transitioned heart i, I, I don 't know if, if 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 you're understanding it. But not all good deeds qualify. Only good deeds by those whose hearts and minds have been transformed and transitioned by God. Why is that important? Because pagans can do good things. Atheists can do moral things. Skeptics, agnostics go on and on. Everyone is capable of good deeds. But faith. Transforms the heart to follow after Jesus. To go after the things of God very hard. The difference is God is interested in his glory. And our good deeds cannot give him glory unless it's born out of a transformed and transitioned heart transformation of the heart is necessary. God has to fill the heart with the counsel of his word in order to transform us. Then our good deeds will be legitimate because it glorifies God. You cannot do something good at the expense of what God prohibits. How can we know? We cannot know that on our own. That's why we have ridiculous laws in our nation today. That attempts to do the right thing, but misled in the place where they're supposed to put that, that deed. You cannot do a good deed outside of God's Word. You can never do it. Because it's the Word that transforms the heart. It's the Word that the Spirit illuminates that transitions our minds towards heaven. You've been listening
1: to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.